Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I wanted to stay friends. Yeah, I don't want to be friends. I'm sorry. I think we're going to walk away completely. Fresh start for myself, no, no. for my family, for my yeah. friends. And it's going to be that way, and it's going to stay that way. Move on with your life. I don't want anything yeah. to do with you. Forget I don't this want ever anything happened. to do with you. Thank you. You are nothing to me right now. I'm glad. Yeah, okay. And try not to ruin the next one. Welcome back to another 90 Day Fiance recap. Uh, before I get into it, I just wanted to talk. Did you guys hear? Did you hear the news? Did you see the news that 90 Day Fiance, and I think everybody thought this, this was kind of a joke, uh, but the 90 Day Fiance franchise has expanded once again. They're going to be doing a five episode uh, special called 90 Day Fiance Self-Quarantine. I mean, can we just take a minute? Ah, the times that we're living in. But uh, uh, the self-quarantine franchise or the spinoff is going to feature 40, you hear it first, 40 people um, from various people uh, over the franchises. Uh, Let's go into (laughs) who they've wrangled for this show. Okay, so first we have... uh, um, Unfortunately, not Lauren and Alexi. I think that they might be my favorite couple, but they're about to have that baby. So um, we're going to have Anna, excuse me, Alan and Kirliam. They're from 90 Day Fiance, What Now? Um, They were like early, early in the franchise and pretty boring. Kirliam is like this really sweet, gorgeous girl. She wanted to get into... um, modeling and she should have but I think her husband is like Mormon I think they're both Mormon like pretty religious um yeah they have a kid now we're doing um Anna and Marcel the B couple um Benjamin and Akini Akini is from Kenya uh we have Brett and Daya also pretty early on Caesar of Caesar and Maria (laughs) Caesar you know whether or not his edible panties are going to be there remains to be seen maybe that'll be a a surprise ending Um, uh, we have Chantel, the family Chantel, um, Colt and Debbie, 
uh, Corey and Evelyn, Evelyn who hated Corey pretty much the whole time and, and was just treating him like a cuck the entire time. Why she wanted to marry this man, I have no idea. I remember he gave, he sold all of his belongings. She was like, mm, I don't really know if I want to marry you. <laughs> anyway, I guess they're married now. Uh, Courtney, do you guys remember Corny? 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 <laughs> She was that weird girl who met that guy. Was he Spanish or Italian? But remember he left her waiting for her and like for hours in the town square. And then when he finally came up, he was like, oh, uh, we have to go to this beauty competition. So even though you've taken like a 10 hour flight to see me and I've just been leaving you for hours sweaty. Now I'm going to uh, make you watch me judge other beautiful women. Ugh. And you know, Danielle, a, a pillar of the franchise of Danielle and Muhammad, Darcy, of course, David and Annie. You guys, shout out to David and Annie. I don't know if y'all watch, uh, <clears throat> um, what do they call it? Pillow Talk, 980 Fiance Pillow Talk, where they uh, have other couples recap the episode that just aired. But Annie is comedic gold. Honestly, she makes food in the bed while they're watching. <laughs> Like, she will straight up have a walk, uh, like, hooked up to the bedroom uh, outlet. And, like, honestly, like, I, I, you know, I'm no stranger to seeing people cook in the bed. I watch my 600-pound life from now, from time to time. But her shit looks incredible. And I hope she's coming out with some sort of, like, bed cooking show or, you know, an Instagram story or something like that. They're really thriving. Who's not thriving? Elizabeth and Andre. I hate them but I'm I, there's one of those couples that are like oh I really worry about how dark things are gonna get when you guys are uh stuck in a house alone Ugh, I do not like Andre um Emily and Sasha another one um Jesse of course you guys Jesse posted this thing on Instagram where he was like talking about like you know what the worst thing is in nowadays haters <laughs> so if you need to be motivated please uh or your friends need to be motivated like please tag them in this post like yeah yeah jesse that's the worst problem that we're having in this country anyway there's a bunch of other people um yeah michael and juliana molly uh narkia and loo like we saw them literally for like three episodes and of 90 day fiance so i'm truly shocked that they're coming back um so, yeah, a bunch of other people, Robert and Annie, Tiffany and Ronald. Uh, so, yeah, I I think this is going to be really interesting. Basically, what they're going to be doing is filming their own footage. Obviously, they're not going to have a cruise come out. And for all the interviews, they're going to be doing video chats with the producers. So that is the plan. And the show starts on 420, April 20th. So look forward to that. So, yeah, let's get into this episode again ugh, i'm gonna start with the baby loves there really was no love in this episode thank god like first as much as i cannot stand lisa she uzman tried to stick it to her he really did ugh, but it didn't work anyway so we see lisa at the beginning of the episode she's sitting in a hotel alone like she deserves and what she tells us is that we saw uzman last episode went to say goodbye to his friend who had picked them up from the airport and took them to the hotel so he's like oh I'm just gonna go out Lisa claims that 
she looked outside 30 minutes later and she saw that he was completely gone and he hasn't come back. For some reason, she's dressed like Han Solo's evil little twin sister or something. But anyway, 20 minutes later, Usman comes back. And so he's gone not even an hour. And Lisa's like, well, I looked outside for you and I was just so terrified. Like, and, and you get the sense that she wasn't like terrified that he had been taken or something. She was scared for her like you know, her white skin. Girl, I can assure you. <laughs> it, even if you're white, that doesn't mean people want to steal from you. And I can assure you that people saw you. If anybody saw you, they're not going to think that you're the woman to be like kidnapping or stealing from. Anybody who kidnaps you will send you right back to Uzman. Don't worry about that. Um, but she... <sighs> she's like going off on him about how scared she was. And Usman's like, no, 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 no. Like I told you where I was going. You said you were going to take a nap. So this shouldn't even really be an issue. Finally, he grows a pair and says, uh, he's like, listen, I am apologizing to you morning, noon and night. And I'm not going to be doing that because you are not a God. Okay. Everybody let's do a collective round of applause for Usman for finally having enough. He said, you've only been here 10 days and I've apologized to you more times than I can count. How is it possible that I could be wrong all of these times? Lisa, of course, has no accountability for herself. She's like, well, you can't be right all the time either. And she is just such a fuck. Oh God, I really can't stand her. Um, Usman says he's finally realizing that Lisa just wants to control him and we get a, I mean, you can't even call it a highlight reel. Really, it's a low light reel of all of her bossy, bitchy behavior. Usman and the entire world is getting tired of her attitude. Usman says it's better to live in a prison to be with her where his heart is boiling. And you're right, sir. You're absolutely right. Um, They, you know, he says, like, if, if this is how it's going to be, then you go your way and I go mine. And he walks out. So he does an interview with the producers and he says, you know, honestly, the truth is that I've just been complying with Lisa, but I'm not going to do it anymore. And there's no reason for us to get married. If this keeps continuing, um, Lisa starts to cry and she's like, this is not the man that I fell in love with. Um, yeah, it's an actual man who's standing up for himself. Like Usman's mother was completely correct. Like Lisa does want a slave, maybe not for manual labor, but certainly for somebody that she can just bark at and keep in line and make, you know, completely control every aspect of his life. Like what does she do in her life? that thinks that she can be in control of his music career. That is completely astounding to me. Um, so he goes back and he's sitting with his one true love, his hookah. And he says he's worried that he's sacrificing too much by being with her, even though like he really wants to come to America to grow his music career. But here's why I have to give you pause, Usman. Like your career in America is not ever going to work. Because there's already a guy who's got a pretty big career here named Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, And everybody knows what dabbing is. Like, so if you're coming here <laughs> with somebody's else, somebody else's name, talking about a dance that was popular from April of 2017 to October of 2018, it, it's just not going to work 
for you? I, I mean, I'm sorry to say. The producers ask Usman what's going on between him and Lisa, and he says nothing he ever does is good enough for her, and he's getting tired. But Lisa, he's in the living room. Lisa's in the bedroom, sitting on the, uh, what do you call it, bedside table, and so she hears him, and she's she's shuffling into the room like fucking Quasimodo and says, let's get it straight. Nobody's perfect, and you need to make up your mind and make it quick. <laughs> for what, girl? <laughs> Usman says he's scared about her because if she's behaving this way now, and he makes an excellent point, he's like, if you're behaving like this on my turf, how are you going to behave? And what am I going to do? Like, who am I going to lean to for support in America? I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving all of my friends. I'm leaving my entire support system. And he said, like, I'm not going, if I go to America, it's not going to be for vacation. I'm not just going to be there for a few weeks. I'm going to be living there. And the reality of it is, if you keep treating me like this, there's no motivation for me to, you know, stay with you. Like, what is the point? Um, And then he says, you know, he's like, in the two years that I've known you, I've never insulted you either directly or indirectly. But she does that all the time with him. And he just sits there and takes it. And Lisa, (laughs) Lisa opens her dry lips to say that Usman is insecure and erratical. (laughs) And she complains that there's no accountability at all. She does not apologize. She basically is just like, can we just end this? And he, he says yes, but she... There's no accountability for her actions whatsoever. No perspective on how her behavior is affecting their relationship. And that's it. Like, you should be embarrassed that the fact that he can't even feel like he can talk to you, that he has to get his friends, that he has to try to, like, employ his friends to try and talk some sense to you because he is too scared to do it himself. And you don't get it. And now... That's what, like, you should be picking up on is that, like, your fiancé is afraid of you. And that is not a relationship to be having. We'll end on that. Um, Avery and Ash really had only one scene. Uh, Avery and Ash, they had to... uh, I'm going to butcher how you pronounce this. (laughs) I should have remembered how... uh, Carnes. I'm I'm just going to say Carnes because I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, They're going there for a three-day trip ash's jeans are so tight then like are these like maybe compression do they make compression jeans for people who have like are prone to blood clots on airplanes because there's no excuse (laughs) like how is he he doesn't even walk correctly they're so tight he walks like a cowboy um so he takes her on a picnic and it's very beautiful, but, like, Avery, again, is, like, clocking Ash on all his bullshit because they had just had dinner with his evil brother the night before who shaded her about her having one drink and about how she's already a mother and how basically he thought that, like, she, he, you know, is incapable of being in a positive relationship with people and kind of slut-shamed her for having children already and... Yeah, so, um, <laughs> it's so funny. I literally just got a text asking if Williams is Nigerian or British. 
So shout out to you, JP. I don't know if you listen to this, but, um, so yeah, their one scene is literally them just going on a picnic and they're having a talk about the night before. And Ash is like really being overly optimistic about what just happened because it was very clear to everybody, including Avery, that Antish's brother was not really fucking with her or not supportive of their relationship. But Ash says everything is fine. He's like, oh, I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, he's really supportive of our relationship. And Avery's just looking at him like, bruh, <laughs> I did not have that mar many martinis the night before. But, you know, she calls him out. She says, you know, I feel like you're kind of sugarcoating things and you're painting situations as too positive. And if you're sitting there, I mean, frankly, he's lying to her and saying, uh, you know, that Antisha's supportive of the relationship. She's like, you know, and it really makes me wonder, like, what is the situation with your son Taj and his mother? Because you assured me before I left here to come here that, the you know, everything was going to be fine in terms of you bringing your son to America to live. So now Avery's like, you know, what is like, you need to be honest with me about what this is. And Ash admits he basically says he tries to keep things on the positive because he's so afraid of Avery leaving him. And Avery brings up a great point. She's like, well, if that's what you think the consequences to telling the truth are going to be, then you need to be honest about that now because I really want to make a life with you. And like, this isn't going to work if, you know, you're saying that things are going to be fine. And like, truly, the majority of mothers out there are not going to be fine with their kid moving across the world to go live with some chick that she doesn't really know you know, and, and make happy family with them. Like most people are not going to be okay with that. And to act like she is, is almost kind of strange. <laughs> it, it would be strange to me. Um, but they, yeah, that was literally the only scene, uh, with them. And yeah, so next episode, I guess is going to be a little bit better because she's going to be meeting Taj and his mom. So we'll see about that. Um, Let's get to Stephanie and Erica. Um, Erica takes Stephanie on a date and basically I've never seen Stephanie's YouTube and maybe I should go look at it. But Erica says like she, you know, the Stephanie's online persona is very sexual, very sex positive. So she thought that this date would be like perfectly in line with what Stephanie would be into. Like it wouldn't be a problem. So basically it's like a color me mine, but for your titties and you guys put, you know, you put plaster Paris strips on the boobs of your partner. And then once they dry, you paint them. Stephanie's not into this, but I'm wondering like, what is it? I feel like Stephanie kind of knew because she was wearing, or maybe just Erica told her like, oh, wear something that you can take off. But Erica went in or Stephanie went in there with a, uh, bathing suit top under her. So it's like, it seemed like she kind of knew something, but anyway, uh, so Stephanie is obviously not into it, but she says she's going to be a big, a good sport about it. And I was kind of like understanding. She's like, you know, I, I haven't seen her boobs before and it's nice, but there were other, there were, there was another couple in there, uh, 
girls. And she's like, you know, I, this wasn't really how I imagined seeing her breasts for the first time. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Um, but you know, she's a good sport about it. Mm, kind of the girls, the other two girls that are there obviously plants and they're like, Oh, we'll just get this conversation rolling. So, uh, they're like, Oh, are you guys are together. Like, are you planning on, you know, one moving countries for the other? Cause we can obviously tell that you're American. And then they get into this like pretty deep conversation at the, you know, titty me mine and about like, who's going to be moving and, and whatnot. So, I mean, the plan is that Erica is going to be moving to New York to be with Stephanie. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like a pretty intense conversation where they're not really, they don't really come to any sort of conclusion about it. Um, then they go on a date. Stephanie takes Erica on this romantic date, but before they leave, she gives her this like, like, flowery. I don't know what you call these things. Cause it's not quite a tear because it like actually clips into your hair, but it, it's like kind of like a crown kind of like game of thronesy style hair halo thing. I don't know, but it, you know, it's pretty cute. And Erica's like really excited. And Stephanie says, you know, I wanted to treat you like a princess and take you out. And I know that, you know, this is just dinner, but like I found like the remote, most romantic place and in the city and, you know, I just wanted to take you out and like everything's going really well, except as Stephanie tells us beforehand that when, and she, you know, confronts Erica about this and says, you know, you were showing me a picture on your phone. And I noticed while you were scrolling that you had a dating app and obviously they can't say which dating app it is, but it's clear that it was Bumble. So I'm just going to say Bumble for now on. Um, she's like, I saw that you had Bumble on your phone. Uh, have you been using it? Have you been talking to people in the four, uh, four months that we've been kind of like talking to each other romantically? She's like, no. And, um, Erica basically says that, you know, I basically just use like Bumble has like a business side networking side. She's like, I've just been using that for like my job and stuff. Cause I'm a photographer, but, um, <clears throat> You know, I'm just using it for that aspect. And Stephanie was, I think, not really being a bitch. She's like, you know, would you mind deleting the app? Like, is it a problem? Erica feels some type of way about it, which is also fair. And she deletes it immediately. But it really sours the situation. She's like, I kind of don't really love that you took me out and like gave me this crown and are like whining and dining me and then also making demands about me. <clears throat> deleting this app. And I thought Stephanie was kind about it, but I also saw Erica's point of like, this isn't, this is ru really kind of ruining the romantic date aspect <laughs> of uh, our night. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, you know, she says she's only deleting it because Erica's making, or Stephanie's making her and she really doesn't know how they can be in a relationship if Stephanie doesn't have faith in her. Um, Stephanie does thank her for deleting it, but it, by that point it's too late. And Erica says, you know, you wanted to treat me like a princess that night and now wasn't the time to bring up the dating app. And Stephanie said, you know, well, it made me feel uncomfortable. And Erica goes, everything makes you feel uncomfortable. Like you're, you're basically kind of a prude. Um, you're not really who I thought you were. And 
Erica, Stephanie starts crying and says like, Erica, you don't understand me. And this date is over. And, you know, it's all very dramatic. Erica takes her tear off and says, I'm not your princess. And she walks off like, oh, she's just giving me like bratty Kelly Osbourne vibes. And I was really living for it. Stephanie is crying in the restaurant at the table. Erica's walking around the city she's clearly crying but uh you know the cameras have she's got her back to the cameras even though they're following her um and yeah Stephanie says like there's no coming back from this and I just want to go home (laughs) so we'll see how that goes that was the end of them let's get to Yolanda and Williams yeah I really am struggling to talk about them because it's very clear that like Yolanda knew this whole time that Williams was Nigerian and that she got this whole story about like him being British. The only thing that's helping me to talk about this is if I do Williams in air quotes the whole time when I talk about him because this is complete bullshit. So Yolanda goes to the cafe with her daughter, Kara to do work for their business and to talk about Williams. Um, it's just annoying but I will say that Yolanda does have a knack for a putting on a winged eyeliner and you know like a a strapless top and I will say that I do find her attempts at acting and how she's navigating all this interesting so I'm trying to like shift it from like clearly this is bullshit to just watching how much of bullshit this is so in that sense it's very entertaining for me So anyway, Yolanda finally tells Kara about William's Instagram and how it was conveniently deleted right when she was in front of the cameras, right? Um, So they go and look up, they go back to the Instagram account and the name is changed. Kara looks up the name and she's like, well, this is a Nigerian name and they're Googling that name and they find like a school or something that is under the same name in Nigeria. So they're calling, calling, calling. It's ringing, ringing, ringing. Nobody's picking up. Finally, what sounds like a woman picks up. Uh, Yolanda says hello and the person immediately hangs up. Yolanda is like, well, I think this has to be a mistake because Williams in the seven months that I've known him has always just been so loving and supportive. Like a woman over 40 who, I mean, I understand she lost her husband and she was in a very vulnerable position, um, after his death and she was looking for love anywhere she can find it. That I understand. But what I don't understand is like, you guys get so the you guys, I mean, the women on the show get so like, uh, just like hypnotized by the, you know, a guy can send three heart emojis and y'all think you're in love and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like how you guys can be so wooed by an emoji, but I digress. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Um, so Kara says, you know, I'm going to encourage you to ask him straight up if he's Nigerian, but Yolanda is maintaining that like, she just thinks that like, you know, Nigeria is a great place for hackers and scammers. So I just think that maybe they took over his account and Kara's like, I think you're seeing one thing and I'm seeing something else completely. But, you know, I really think that you should ask Williams, like, just straight up ask him if he's Nigerian. Um, so then we get a scene of Yolanda sitting at her kitchen table. She's trying to call Williams, but he's not answering and says that he hasn't answered in the past few days. And she's very confused about that. Like, okay, so even if the Nigerians hacked his Instagram account, don't you think it's weird that since all this happened, you've had like one conversation with him and then all of a sudden he's been MIA for days? Like, does that not ring is weird to you girl um so this is where stuff also gets really fake because they keep showing her uh phone screen where she's trying to call him so you can see the stop of the screen where it's just like a bunch of her sending a bunch of exclamation points and then trying to call him twice and then we see that she said she sent a text that said like hello or something like that and you see under the text that it says failed to send so then she sends him another text that says, are you Nigerian, dot, 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 baby? <laughs> like to soften the blow. And you would see that the, you know, like the spinning wheel is spinning because it's trying to send the text and it's not going through. So it's like, okay, well, obviously, no, you know that like these things are not going through, like whatever scam you're trying to do it's just not working. They really should have done better about that. So then we get a screen that says on TV that says, you know, it's been two days and Yolanda has been trying to reach out to Williams with no response. And then we see her again at the kitchen table with her laptop. And 
she's saying that she got an email from what she describes as a private stranger, whatever that is, who has threatened to release intimate pictures of her if they don't get money from her. So the camera keeps zooming in on this computer screen of the email, but every the whole message is blocked. Like you can't, it's blurred. <laughs> so they keep, they keep zooming in on the screen, even though you can't see one thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just so stupid, but Yolanda thinks, and then you can also see that the message had been sent conveniently 30 minutes before a real convenient narrative. If you, if you, if I do say so myself. And this is where I have to call bullshit again. It's like, if you had just gotten a message 30 minutes ago of somebody trying to extort you for money in exchange for exposing your sexy pictures, your nude pictures, wouldn't you be more upset than what she was giving, which was like complete stone face? Like, I'm just so confused. Like, I've only sent these pictures to Williams, but you know, I just think that maybe somebody hacked into his account and, and is, uh, you know, trying to extort me for money. And that's how they found the pictures. But like, she has no emotion towards the fact that like somebody is claiming to have these nude photos of her and is trying to get money out of her in exchange for the pictures, which is illegal. And you would think like, maybe I should call the police Maybe I should shed a half a tear about this. Maybe I should just inflect my voice in a way that makes me sound like somebody didn't just email me and say that, you know, like, I I don't know, like your Amazon package is about to arrive in two days. Like <laughs> it's, it's just, it was so, so fake. Um, and it, again, like totally convenient that she's always finding out this stuff about Williams right at the time that production comes to film her, like to the 90 day fiance producers, I'm going to need you guys to do vetting a little bit more. Like I, I shouldn't have to be exposed to this stuff and neither should America. You know, we're going through enough. (sighs) Okay. Now let's go to Ed and Rosemary. so they get back to the hotel together. Ed is obviously very happy that they've made up and that they're feeling comfortable with each other. He tells Rose he wants to treat her again like a queen. So he takes out the hotel robe and slippers and tells her to take a bath. The way he talks to her, I want you guys to like pay attention to this episode and all the episodes moving forward. He talks to her the way like a kindergarten teacher talks to one of her students. Like he makes eye contact, like really direct eye contact. And it's like, Hey kid, put your robe on. And, and, you know, robe goes around your body, put that on and take a bath. Like he truly talks to her. Like she's stupid. And Rose has an accent because she's not American, but her English is pretty good. And certainly her understanding of what he says is pretty good. She knows how to take a bath. I can guarantee you that she may only be 23 and she may be living in a developing country, but she understands what a bath is. I can, I'm positive of that. (laughs) So he, you know, Rose says that she's happy that Ed is finally respecting her, like as a partner, as a girlfriend, as a, you know, fiance, what have you. Um, 
So then Rose gets in the bath and while she's doing that, Ed calls down to the concierge to get their finest bottle of champagne. Um, and he takes out his creepy massage oil. Again, here, the men over 40, if you're dating a woman in her twenties, like, I don't know what Bruce Willis movie came out in the eighties that made all these men think that like, just like, just like, like like a man in his fifties, just creepily asking to give you a massage. It's just like, is that not like creepy to anybody else? Like, I just think it's so gross and like almost predatory. Like it's just, there's just something like there's a whole adult age a whole adult of an age difference between you guys I just it just really creeps me out stop stop giving massages to 20 year olds 2020 that's what I'm gonna say um so she comes out and he's like okay now I want you to put your butt on the edge of the bed like and she knows what sitting is you idiot <laughs> you have to say just just sit down. You don't have to tell her uh bend your waist down and squat your butt on the bed. Dummy. <laughs> He's so weird. And so he starts giving her a foot massage. You guys, I hate feet. Like this is torture for me. It's like one of the things that I really don't like about pillow talk is that they're always like in their beds above the sheets and so you always have to like stare at their feet Ugh. so he's giving her a massage and like honestly I couldn't even look I really hate feet but he keeps making this like creepy eye contact with her and he goes so um how do you say kiss in Tagalog and she's like halik and he's like well can I halik you and she points she's like mm. <laughs> Men can never read the face. Like, why can't men pick up the signs of like, ugh. Like, every woman has done this. Like, I'm just cringing and dying inside. She's like, she points to her cheek. She's like, you can kiss this. And he's like, what about somewhere else? And she's like, she points to her other cheek. <laughs> and then she points to her forehead. And he's like, well, how about on the lips? And she's like, ugh. okay. So then she gives her one on the cheek and then the other cheek. And he's like, basically just forced her, her into a kiss. It's just a peck, but like, still he, he really forced that situation. And he said that it felt like heaven, but like, honestly, Rose looked like she was in the seventh circle of hell. Like she kept putting her hair in front of her face, like Samara from the ring. Like, Oh, please. (sighs) Calgon, take me away. (laughs) I want to get back in the bath. Um, so then we see them the next morning and they ask Rose if they had sex at night. She's like, no, we just, uh, you know, we gave each other a kiss goodnight and went to bed. And then she starts doing air quotes and they're like, wait, did you have sex? She's like, no, <laughs> she's, she's totally embarrassed to talk about this. Um, but then you know, Ed says that, you know, we made love the night before and it was great. And I really think that she enjoyed it. Ugh. Ugh. Sick. Um, so then we see them the next morning and he asks for another kiss. 
and she's like, mm, I really don't want to kiss you because, uh, oh, what can I say to get out of this? Uh, your beard, your beard's really scratchy and I don't like it. So Ed counters back and said, he's like, um, well, don't be mad at me, but I noticed your legs were like mine, Harry. Um, and so basically like if I shave my beard, you have to shave your legs. And Ed says, basically he's like, you know, hairy legs to me are really manly and they're gross and I don't like it. You know what else is gross? An old man who smells like an egg salad and sweats like a 7-Eleven hot dog. That's what's gross to me. Okay. You blockheaded bitch. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> sorry. So then they go to, um, Rose's hometown and what do you know Ed is completely shocked by how she lives and the conditions and he's worried about his safety (sighs) again wouldn't you like if you were dating somebody in a town in a country that you weren't familiar with in a town that you had never heard of even if it was like England or some you know Canada I would and I was talking to somebody and I was gonna go there like I would just hit the Google and say, I'm going to just Google what this town is like. What does it look like? You know, what, what, what's the vibe here? But no. And, and then we get him having to act, he's like totally shocked and like having to keep it together because he's like, this is like a third world country. Like, yeah, it is. (laughs) I think it's the, I think the Philippines are a developing country, but it was a third world country and it's certainly third world vibes where she lives in her town. Um, he's sweating. He is on the car right there. He's like, do you have air conditioning? She's like, no, I have a fan. (laughs) And this is where he's like, oh, like it really sinks into him. But now because he's seen her conditions, now he's even more concerned about the fact that, um, Rose's sister before he came had, uh, reached out to him asking for money. And... Okay. Okay. Like, and again, like, did he never do, like, they talk on video chat. Did you ask for a tour of the house? Like, it's just very strange to me. Um, then he's like, well, I'm a little concerned that Rose only wants to be with me so she can get out of here and for money and and a ticket to America. Like, duh, bitch. (laughs) What do you think? Um, so then we get to see Prince and he's so cute. Prince is Rose's, um, four-year-old son. He's adorable. They're doing this thing where like, she's like, don't you recognize me? And she's like, oh, this is daddy. Like, go hug your daddy. Oh, it makes me very uncomfortable. Ed says like, he's, Prince is a very cute kid, but I'm worried about like being a father to a four-year-old when I'm 54 and yeah, it's, it's like an issue. So then they go up to her place and they meet Maria, the sister. And Maria's looking at him like, who is this man? <laughs> She's staring down at him. And okay. So at the beginning, we, um, Ed had told us like at the very beginning of the uh, season that he's 4'11", but that's. Uh, Rose, I think is five, two. And so he told Rose, he was also five, two, but then when we see them together, it seems to be like a, 
certainly more significant height difference than three inches. And Maria's even taller. So she's literally looking down on him like, huh. <laughs> so Maria says that Ed is much smaller than she expected and a little bit fat. Um, Ed goes in to take a tour of their place and he's shocked because he's like, do you guys have windows? And they don't. And it's basically like the light that's coming in is from the fact that like their roof is raised. So it's like exposed air at the top, like the roof basically. Um, and that's how they get in light and air and stuff. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's. You know, they're, she's obviously very poor. The walls are made of cinder blocks and they basically like put, um, uh, like cloth on top of it to sort of like make it a little bit more decorative. They don't really have a dedicated door so much as like they've taken little like DVD or CD covers and like put them in these plastic inserts. And it's kind of like a, you know, like you have to push through, um, sort of situation. So there, you know, there's a chicken just chilling in the house. Like it's a, a different situation. So they sit down for dinner. They have, you know, her um, in-laws and, you know, a couple family members surprise them with a dinner. And I want to give one clap to Ed for actually eating the food, even though he tried to feed chicken to the chicken. Sir. <laughs> disgusting um so they are all sitting down for the meal rose's dad freddie arrives a, a little late and ed is trying to break the ice and says like oh you know i just want to know like if he's okay with the fact that we're together because i'm one year older than your father and he starts to laugh and freddie just staring at him like jeez <sighs> here we go again <laughs> Freddie, they interview Freddie and he says like he's basically unsure about the relationship because they met on the internet and he wants to know that Ed is serious. And so he asks at the table what Ed's intentions are for Rose and Ed, even though he has said like, I want to propose to Rose on this trip, he says, you know, I, I just want to get to know her and we'll, we'll go from there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I don't know. And that was, that was the end of them. So let's end on my 
bitch, my queen, queen of 90 Day Fiance, Darcy and Tom. So we get to them, you know, they're still at the restaurant. Uh, Tom tries to kiss her cheek. She's like, no, I'm not comfortable. I'll just take a handshake. And so they sit there and like, it's a good 30 seconds or more of just awkward silence. Tom's not saying a thing like you invited her start the conversation. Like, why are you here? Um, so Tom asks how Malta was. And then we find out that Stacy and Darcy had gone there for their birthday. Now we remember that Darcy said that she had only gotten a text from Tom on her birthday. So (laughs) this is where Darcy goes into full Darcy mode. And she goes, thanks for the birthday text. (laughs) And he says, yeah, like, you know, she's like, I I thought about chatting you. She's like, yeah, I I waited all day for your video chat, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) So Tom says that he wanted to come to Malta. She's like, well, the offer was always on the table, but I guess you just couldn't fit me into your schedule. But thanks for the lunch meeting. And Tom says, well, it's, it's just coffee. And she's like, okay. So Tom starts being a total dick at this point. So Tom starts off by saying like it was never in his intention to hurt her and that she was his best friend for years, but he needs to know that like when he needs her, that she's really going to be there for him. She's like, what are you talking about? And he says like, every time I try to go deep with you, you know, you always, you're like, you're selfish and you never bring it. You never like are there to comfort me and everything turns back to you and you never really listen to me. And Darcy's like, well, I feel like you, you do the same thing to me. And there's like a little back and forth about that. Um, and so Darcy's finally like, okay, let's, I mean, she doesn't say this, but she's like, let's cut the shit here. She's like, why don't you just tell me what's really going on? He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, I saw these pictures of you with a woman. And so then Tom totally flips the script um, and he was like, oh, well, I was in Milan for fashion week and I met this girl three weeks ago, he says, and that they spent time together. They spent an evening together and, but he wasn't sure about what to do because he wasn't, you know, he was in limbo with Darcy. And so Darcy's been saying all along, like, I thought we were still fully in a relationship. So basically he cheated on her and it seems like Tom confirms that. Um, so Tom again says he met her, Shannon, this girl three weeks ago and that Shannon loves him the way he wants to be loved. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, Zach Moore saved by the bell pause on this and go back to, uh, the season of Tom and Darcy. Okay. Let's go back to the fact that when Darcy told Tom that she loved him, that he acted like it was the most preposterous thing in the world because they had just met, um, that he, <laughs> let's go on, but, but you're in love with Shannon, right? You're in love with this chick that you met, met three weeks ago for one night in Milan and you guys are love in love. Darcy's like, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> and Tom goes, you know something? You had everything in your hands with me and you didn't see it. Bitch. Okay, flag on the play again. Nobody saw it. She went all the way to England and you wouldn't even show her where you lived, stupid. You wouldn't even, you got an Airbnb. And not only did you get an Airbnb, 
you gave yourself the master bedroom and tried to make Darcy sleep in the basement. She had to cry and manipulate her way into that master bedroom with you. But the fact is, you were very hands-off with her from the beginning. You were very clear. And I was on his side, frankly, about the fact that, like, she had been rushing into this. That they really needed to get to know each other. On that, I completely side with him but for you to act like you gave her everything and that you know she could have had it made in the shade with him and but all of a sudden this Shannon girl that you probably haven't even talked to since that night that you guys slept together like let's be real you guys are in love bullshit you probably don't even have Shannon's phone number. I, I I don't believe the Shannon story at all. I think it's a complete deflection from the fact that like he wants to be on television by any means necessary. This is all this is. And so he's going to start by saying like, oh, maybe we can make this work. But then also be like, say things like you, um, Okay, then he says, like, Darcy brought up Jesse a lot, and he wishes that he could have loved her, Darcy, the way Jesse loved her, because he only loves Darcy like a sister. And I'm going to bring up the classic quote from Jocelyn Hernandez of Love and Hip Hop fame. Ho, why is you here? (laughs) Why are you here? And Darcy... (laughs) It's hilarious. So after he says like, oh, I love you like I love my sister. She's like, well, that's awkward. You probably should have said that before we got in the sack. Don't you think? (laughs) And, and Darcy thinks that, um, he's deflecting and gaslighting her. And truly of all the times that she said this, which has been a lot, I agree with her a hundred percent. So Tom's like, well, I just want to be friends. And she's like, no. I'm not going to do that. I have a fresh start with my family and I'm going to keep it that way. And we're going to move on with, without you. And I want nothing to do with you. And Tom's like, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you want nothing to do with me. And I hope that you don't ruin your next relationship. Shut the fuck up, Harry Potter. Go home. Um, Darcy asked for the check. She's like, well, I'll pay for your coffee. No problem. Check, please. And then... He parts those thin little lips to say, have you put weight on? What? Excuse me? (laughs) He, the nerve of this man, the nerve. Darcy's like, what did you say? And he won't dare repeat it, the pussy. Um, So she's like, I'm out of here. Tom says, like, well, I turned up thinking that there was something worth holding on to, but, and so the producer's like, so are things done? And he's like, 100% categorically done and dusted. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. (sighs) The nerve. Darcy says she, you know, that Tom should have told her this weeks ago if he was in love with this girl. And she starts to tear up and says, you know, Tom's not perfect and that no man will ever take advantage of her again. Amen to you, Darcy. Amen. Bravo. I hope to see more from her. I think we heard that she had found some other guy from overseas, but I think that didn't last very long. So I hope that we get to see more of Darcy 
forever, frankly. Darcy's one of those people, like, like a Tiffany Pollard, who's just, like, made to be on TV. Like, just their natural selves is just all that you need. Just put a camera on them and let her rip. <sighs> I love it. Okay, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you guys are interested in my Patreon, you can find it um, at EBBM, no, <laughs> patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. Um, it airs, the first episode comes out on Wednesday, and I'm discussing the own special all about Lindsay Lohan. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for being so supportive during this time. You guys have been so kind about like me posting so much and, and recording so much and saying that it's helpful to you. And that really makes me feel so great. Like this is much of as much as probably more catharsis for me than it is for you guys. But I really appreciate y'all saying that like, that you are enjoying this content. I I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, if you guys have not left a five star review, I would encourage you to do so. It would be very helpful to me. Um, thank you guys for listening to the tiger King episode that I did with princess. Also, so glad I didn't forget this. Um, I was on a podcast called black girl neurosis and we recapped the season premiere of uh, Real Housewives of New York. And it was so, so much fun. So if you guys have not heard that, I encourage you to check that out again, Black Girl Neurosis podcast. It was such a fun thing to recap. So, uh, yeah, that will be it for me. Um, if you guys are on my Patreon, I'll see you guys tomorrow. If not, I will catch y'all later. Have a great day.